When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Today we have Kayla Nevius. Um, Kayla is a sw- uh, like I guess a conventional to swim bait fisherman. Uh, she's caught some double digits. She's she uh, knows what she's doing. She's a stick, and she came on and had a really cool story. So uh, please check her out on Instagram. I think it's just Kayla Nevius. She also has a fitness page as well. And uh, it was a really good podcast, man. She has a really cool story. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Um, let's see. We have the Spotty Roundtable on Tuesday, which is going to be a fun one. We have a ton of uh, Spotty fishermen, uh, young and old. So we're going to break down a lot of topics and see what each guy thinks uh, or their opinion is on Spotty fishing. So it'll be a fun one. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We have Caesar and Danny coming on. It's going to be a Zoom one because they have some some things to talk about. They want to help from uh, they want to promote, so I'm going to help them out, and we're going to do a podcast with them and shoot the shit with Uncle Bing Bong and Gail. Then on Saturday, it will be the uh, Butch Brown and Mike Gilbert episode live on YouTube. That'll be at 6 p.m. I'm going to make a post this week. Um, it should be a lot of fun. So if you guys have any questions, I'm going to make a post this week, and I'm going to put up a. Uh, on the post, you can leave a question below, or you can just ask it live, which we're going to do a lot of the live, so I'd rather have you do it on the live so we could ask your question during the podcast. Um, yeah, so this will be really good. Super, super, super busy week for podcasting as well. Um, and that's about it. Please check out the Patreon sponsored by Working Class Zero this month. Mike donated a ton of battle shads, so uh, please check out the Patreon. It's a big help to the podcast. It helps everything move along and uh, do all these episodes with all these cool guests. Um, I do have some more saltwater guests coming on as well. I'm still planning those. And uh, some more freshwater guys. I think I'm going to make a trip back up north pretty soon and uh, 
do some uh, more uh, NorCal guys as well. And uh, figure some other stuff out. Try to get some more co-hosts to come on, do some cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Um, the YouTube, I'm back on it, so I'm trying to do one every week and maybe even two a week, get an old one up and then a new one. So if you listen tomorrow to Kayla's episode, you'll also be able to hear it on YouTube on Friday. Um, but that's about it, man. Check out Viking Head Bait uh, on Instagram. It's Viking Head Bait Co. It is my company. It's a leadhead company, and we're still – in the process of doing a lot of stuff, I'm like I said, I'm hoping it'll happen in the mid-December, I mean, December, September, and uh, we'll be able to drop something really cool, some cool color schemes, and uh, that's about it. So, um, yeah, check out everything that I plugged, and if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated, even on Spotify, either one. Just put whatever you want. You could put fucking Nickhead. You could put whatever you want. I don't care. So it's a five-star review. So please do that, and I hope you like this episode. Tune in on Thursday to hear Danny and Caesar, and uh, that's about it, guys. Thanks. You know, but um, welcome to Cast and Crank. Today, we've tried this one for a little bit, but there was uh, some things that popped up. And her boyfriend was supposed to come, but he's another flake. He's been, I've been trying to get him on for a long time, but... Uh, Kayla is a Nevis. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kayla is probably one of the most known girls in the swim bait game. I think, right? Women. Sorry, not women. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how would you want to be called? Just an angler, woman angler? I'm just a fisherman. There you go. You don't want to be have the attachment woman in front of it. You I just really, be... I really don't like that separation. That's I what. That's... I, yeah, I don't see myself any different than any of the other guys. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um. So where did you kind of start? How old were you when you started like getting into fishing? Was your parents into fishing? Stuff like that. So I've been fishing my whole life. My dad was really outdoorsy hunting, fishing. I mean, I have pictures of me when I was, you know, two, three years old with some bass and kind of grew up doing a little bit of everything. Definitely did a lot of bass fishing, but we would also like troll for trout, catch crappie, kind of whatever was in season, whatever was biting. And, uh, think around in high school, you know, I got my own float tube, started float tubing. And growing up, we always just fish live bait. That's all I knew. So, uh, fish night crawlers and so crawdads. Like really like hardcore because I mean, in high school for a girl to get a float tube. Oh yeah. You know, like, I mean, I don't know any. That's all I know? did. <laughs> I, I played soccer, um, in high school, played soccer and tennis. So I was really, um, dedicated to those. But besides that, it was just hunting and fishing all the time. And, you know, once I could drive, I would drive and we had a pontoon boat at the marina. So I would just drive down and take the pontoon boat out, you know, after school or whatever and go troll for trout or catch crappie or whatever. But yeah, once I once I was old enough to drive, especially it was just like whenever I could, I was throwing the float tube in the back of my car and just going down. But I didn't really know what I was doing. I would kind of just float tube around the dam back and forth. What lake were you fishing at the time? Lake Isabella. Okay. Oh, and so you... You kind of grew up that way. I grew up. Yeah, I oh. grew up. Born and raised in Lake Isabella. So um, you grew up in Bakersfield then? Grew up in Lake Isabella. Oh, Lake. You went to school there and everything? Everything. How many kids went to your school? Oh, um, graduating class was like 100, oh a little bit gosh. more. Yeah. So anything you did, everyone knew up there. Yeah, but but <laughs> I was always the like the odd man out. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. Nobody that was my age especially liked to hunt or fish. So like I didn't really talk about it with anybody it was just kind of like me and my dad my brother at the time would kind of do it too so 
I was just kind of in my own little world, just like I am now, I feel like. Still. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I thought you were a San Diego nope. person, but you, so you've been, you've never moved from there. I did move my first two years of college. I moved to San Luis Obispo and oh. uh, I actually lived like five minutes away from Taco Warehouse. <laughs> did you, did you, did you uh, ever go to a Royal Grande? I say this all the time. I didn't. There's a pizza place called Klondike's up oh there. Oh my gosh. And it's like the best. So I have a buddy that lives up there uh, in Arroyo Grande. Mm-hmm. It's where Chuck Liddell's uh, school is. Okay. I guess Chuck Liddell lives there too. Uh-huh. But uh, he's friends with a manager at Tackle Warehouse. I think a lot of people work at Tackle Warehouse if you're into fishing up yeah. that way. But we talk about anything time we talk about San Luis Obispo. I talk about Klondike's and people oh. go, oh yeah. I wish really I knew good. about that. Pizza's <laughs> my favorite food. I was just like so distracted even when I was there. I played soccer in college and... I just, I literally would drive home almost every single weekend just so I could fish and hunt and be in my own element. And I never really thought about fishing there because I was just, I knew what I knew and I didn't know anything else. Um, So it was, you know, after that, that I actually started exploring a little bit more and figuring stuff out. Did your, so did you fish with your dad all the time then? Or did you have meet a friend later on down the line? I fished with my dad all the time. I had a couple friends that I ended up uh, fishing with around like college age um but just a couple buddies and it wasn't i don't know wasn't serious really no 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 never were you never still just serious. fishing like crappie and stuff like that did or did you start fishing largemouth i still was doing everything and then um 2000 2013 graduated college kind of had a really tough year 2012 2013 went through a bunch of shit and honestly fishing was kind of like my that was my thing that was like my therapy like any free second I had I'd go fish before work go straight to work go fish right after work and that's like all I did and then I'd sleep <laughs> and uh, did, you weren't hunting as much then at all um yes but it kind of like 2013 was a big changing year so that's a year that I went from fishing kind of everything to focusing on largemouth and same thing with hunting I used to hunt pretty much everything and I started focusing on uh, mostly deer hunting and I got my first bow and got in archery and kind of did wow. yeah 2013 was like a big turning point in my hunting and fishing. So you're pretty early into the, like a lot of this stuff if people didn't know you it wasn't like hey I'm popping up on the Instagram and I'm doing it like you've been doing it your whole life yeah and even archery like it wasn't popular until Joe Rogan made it popular in <laughs> 2015 or 16 whatever it was you know right yeah yeah so and I think that's kind of part of like living in the middle of nowhere, not really knowing anybody, not really knowing, you know, anything besides what my dad had taught me, which really wasn't, I mean, he taught me the basics, but I didn't know like, why am I fishing where I'm fishing? I didn't know any of the ins and outs. And, um, honestly, Instagram kind of had a role in my progression because that's the first time I'd started seeing people really catching like bigger fish or shooting bigger deer. And I was like, Hey, there's like, (laughs) there's more out there. Like, this is cool. I want to catch a big fish, you know? So, um, that's when I started really teaching myself, you know, I want to learn more. I was doing research. I was watching YouTube videos. I was reading books. I just started really diving deep into like, where are the bass? Um, you know, different times a year, where do they like to set up? Where should they be? What kind of bait are they chasing? And I just really like dove into it. Did you, uh, so you're still fishing like just like worms, live bait, whatever at that time. Yep. Night crawlers and crawdads. And then, um, here's a quick question. So you say crawdads, do you think crawdad fishing helped you, uh, kind of with your swim bait or maybe even conventional fishing somewhat, you know what I'm saying? 
no. <laughs> Honestly, when I was when I was crawdad and night night crawler fishing, I just had no clue really. Like I just did the same thing and there was no rhyme or reason for what I was doing. And then, I mean, obviously I started teaching myself more about it and I started fishing other areas of the lake, um, you know, areas that I thought that the bass might be setting up on and started learning about the spawn. Like I had no clue about any of that. Like, oh, they get bigger this time of year because they're holding eggs. And then like, I didn't know anything. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is what we do. Maybe I'll catch one. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't until I really started like teaching myself about all of that. But I really don't think that, um, yeah, fishing live bait really taught me anything. Because at that point, I was just kind of going through the motions. Do you, here's a quick question for you. How, how many largemouth have you ate? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> up until a ton. I, I don't know. Um, up until that year, I had kept every bass. That's like how I was raised, right? You What's have, the biggest bass you kept? Honestly, I never caught a big, like an actual like a five big, or something. not even like really? we would catch. That's what's funny too. And I hear people like, oh, they're using crawdads, blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, I fished a long time with crawdads. And obviously, like I'm saying, I didn't really know what I was doing and I wasn't fishing the right areas for big fish, but we would catch, you know, small fish up to, you know, three, four pounds, four pounder. But you guys it. would eat them because that's just what you knew. Yeah. Two fish limit, bring them home and eat them. They're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, it was up until that year. Um, finally, you know, I started learning more. I started kind of talking to my dad about it. And I remember having this conversation with him. I was like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to keep bass anymore. And he was like, what? why aren't you gonna keep bass it's like he disowned you at that time i know <laughs> when he listens to this hi dad um but yeah i was like no i'm not gonna keep them anymore you know people let them go so they get bigger and then like i want to catch big i want to catch a really big fish and he was like well okay do you know you do you but i'm still gonna keep them yeah. so he would even like come over to my house and like show me his fish that he caught and be like i'm gonna grill him up you want some and i'm like no <laughs> So when, when you were doing all this and you started getting more into 2013, mm -hmm. do you remember the thing that actually triggered you to want to catch a bigger fish? Do you remember the image or maybe what you read or what you saw? Man, it was, I don't remember anything specific. It was just like starting to see stuff on Instagram and starting to see, I don't even remember like a specific person or a company or anything. It was just like random fishing pages and seeing people catching bigger fish and, I just loved it. I can't really explain it. Like I said, I'd kind of, I was going through some stuff and I think just that connection with being at the lake and, you know, having that peace of mind while you're out there. Plus, you know, I was intrigued by, you know, there's more strategy involved to it. Like I come out here and it's fun, but like there's actually strategy to catching big ones. And so I just wanted to really learn about, you know, like how can I trick these bigger fish? It seems like you're the same way with the, like the hunting. Yeah. So you, you guys like do a lot of hiking, you're you, archery most of the time when you're yeah. bow hunting. Yeah. You you use guns, sometimes rifles, sometimes. Yeah, too. both. Okay. But you like the archery. Per so that's like a whole different aspect of hunting. It's more like technical 100%. than it would be with a rifle. Right? 100%. Like I said, that, that first year that I really changed and we'll, we'll kind of get back to my, my fishing story. But yeah, that same year for hunting. I, you know, same thing, never knew what I was doing. My dad would take me to the same couple spots to deer hunt every year. We'd never really see anything. And then finally I, you know, I asked him, I'm like, Hey, you know, we're seeing the same, like either nothing or these little shit bucks, but like, why are we hunting here? There's bigger bucks somewhere else. Like, let's go. I never knew really, you know, where else I could hunt. So I got my own maps. I started doing research. I figured it out. I bought a bow and I just really started challenging myself 
a lot that year, you know, hunting and fishing and just trying to explore and see like how I could be more successful, but also like be better at my sports. So you're real self-driven and, and you like, like to try to figure out everything as much as possible on your own. It seems like. I feel like that's what I've had to do my whole life. Um, growing up, my brother was like the super genius of the school, small town. Everybody knew like, oh, you're Ryan Nevius's little sister. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, so you're super smart like him. And I'm like, no, but I try really hard. <laughs> I'm not, I get good grades, but like I try really hard. So I feel like I've always like, you know, I was good. I was really good at soccer. Um, I was pretty athletic. I did good in school, but I've always had to try really hard. And I've always like, I'm not new to being the girl in the boys world. Um, I played on the baseball team instead of the softball team. I played on the boys soccer teams instead of the girls soccer teams. I got a lot of shit for it. Um, I had guys play harder against me and push me down trying to like prove to me that I shouldn't be on the field with them. Well, this um, is a different time too. 2000. I mean, younger than that. Yeah. I graduated in 2009. So yeah, high school. Yeah, that was like a whole, but like that was my life, right? Like growing up, my brother was two years older than me and I was like his mini me. I literally like was the biggest tomboy dressed like him, wore his old clothes for years. <laughs> I was like, this is like, I just want to hang out with him, right? Yeah. I want to do boy stuff is way more fun than girl stuff, right? <laughs> so I was kind of used to being in that competitive world and um, kind of proving myself. And I think that that definitely has a lot to do with uh, who I am today and my journey too. No, definitely. It seems like it. I mean... It's cool to hear from people after you get to see what they do on the internet and then you get to talk to them in person like, you know, Butch or Mike. Like Butch was a big one for me because he didn't really talk to anyone. Yeah. And then he finally came on this and it was like a completely different, mm -hmm. you know, what I thought it was going to be. You know, he's really super humble guy. I mean, he yeah. came on. This is going to be this Saturday will be like the fifth or sixth time he's been on. Yeah. You know, and it's always super fun. He's always got a lot to say. So, I mean, it's it's cool hearing your side of the story. As you go through it, because people don't know, like yeah. people probably think, oh, it's Orange County, <laughs> something like that. And you're like, no, I grew up like in a, in a spot kind of way out of alley. Yeah. You know? Well, and then people that know Ryan, too, because they're like, oh, it's, you know, I feel like a lot of people, especially in the, you know, swim bait community, SoCal fishing community is just small in the first place, I feel like. So people who know him might think that like he taught me or, you know, random people on the internet, yeah, especially yeah. like, Oh, it's your boyfriend's boat. It's your whatever. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we could talk, keep talking about the story on how you got to where you are. So 2013, yeah. you kind of get, start buying books, researching, uh, you're just looking for a big bass. You're not actually researching swim baits yet, right? Nope. Not interested in swim baits yet. I was still fishing my crawdads and night crawlers and uh, just learning more about like where bass should be. And I started kind of exploring the lake a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, you know, at this point, like I graduated college, got a good job. First thing I bought was a truck. I was like, I need, I need <laughs> to have a truck, right? Like how else am I supposed to drive around the lake? What kind so, of truck uh, was it? It was a Chevy Silverado. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, I was just fishing my butt off and spending all my time out there. I'd actually got a GoPro and started like recording myself fishing from shore. I don't know. Super like way back when, when no one was doing any, anything yeah. like that. But uh, yeah. And then the thing that changed it the most, um, honestly, and I think most, most people kind of know, but I t caught a 10 pounder on Crawdad and I was just like, oh my gosh. Well, actually before that, really quick, I'd caught... I kind of explored a different area and I'd caught um, like 
a five and a half pounder and i was like oh my gosh this fish is so big right like i'm telling what you what size line because like did you research line and reel and rod or, oh, oh or did you just have like an ugly stick or i something? had an ugly stick forever <laughs> i didn't have like ryan and i just had this conversation he's like sometimes after i'm by myself like you didn't even have a bait caster or like a decent equipment for until like eight years ago and i'm like yeah Dude. but yeah no ugly stick cheap whatever didn't care eight pound line i it was Hey, I'm in the same club. My my P, my first, well, my kind of the same PB. So I caught one with Charles Tatuna. I caught on a taxi trout a seven and something. Mm-hmm. My first fish was a spinnerbait fish at uh, Lake Henshaw. Mm-hmm. And I had a 5'6 trigger ugly stick with a dire strike. I don't know. And my uncle was just saying, go to the reeds and, and uh, throw spinnerbaits. Yeah. And I thought I was stuck and this thing's bent in half. And we see a big old seven pound. Large, we've been trying forever because we didn't know anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm the same thing. It's like, that's what you, it works, I guess, in the beginning. But you think about it now. You would have fucking lost that fish nowadays if you would have Oh, my that. gosh. You, I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell this story on my 10-pounder because it's honestly a shit show. And, yeah, like, oh, uh, I, yeah. Anyways, but, so, I remember catching that, that, like, five and a half pounder, maybe a six pounder. But I just remember picking it up and being like, this is the biggest fish ever. Like, this is so cool. And I caught, like, a four pounder, too. So, I was, like, stoked. Did took you show him, your dad? Took, took him home, ate him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you ate him. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> He was, uh, he was, he was actually on the pontoon boat at the dock. He was crappie fishing mm-hmm. and I had already kind of transitioned and was like really interested in bass. So I'd walk down the shoreline and was bass fishing and I come running back. I'm like, dad, look what I got. <laughs> right. Like I was stoked. I have a picture of me holding up these yeah. fish. Yeah. Um, gosh, but yeah, so that was like, you know, I'm, fi- I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring something out. And uh, when so it I, turned the, the the passion even more because even you're more. like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah, like, wow, this is cool. So then I caught that 10 pounder and um, I was all by myself. I like set my phone up back in the day. What did you have like a Blackberry that had a <sighs> self timer on it? Took some pictures yeah. of me with my 10 pounder. But that fish was honestly a shit show. Um, and that's your first 10 pounder. That was my first 10 pounder. Okay. Yeah. And can actually say that now it's been a long time coming but (laughs) (laughs) but um that fish i hooked it and i started reeling it in and i knew it was big well the day before i'd fished all day and this was back in the day where i wasn't spending a lot of money on fishing gear so i uh i was really low on line and my line needed to be changed bad and it was frayed (laughs) do you remember the size you had on there it was eight pound and so while i'm reeling this fish in i like look down and it starts taking drag and i'm like there's not enough line on my reel and so i tighten the drag a little bit and then i'm fighting it and then i'm like oh my gosh i need to back it down a little bit because my line's frayed so i'm like backing it down like it was honestly a back and forth tug and war- tug war the whole entire time that i fought this fish and then finally i got it to shore and i was just like i didn't i didn't even know what to think and i called my dad and he didn't answer and i called my grandma and she didn't answer and i like i'm like I don't have any other friends. Who else am I supposed to call? Like, I don't know. I have to tell someone I just caught this giant fish. Well, at this point, I'd already stopped keeping fish. I'd already been in the, like, you got to release them. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, this is the biggest fish. I need to have this thing mounted. Like, do I keep it? Do I release it? Like, I don't know. So I went back and forth um, a handful of times, took some self-time pictures on my old. Do you still have those pictures? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to put them in while we're talking about it. Like, yeah. You can send it to me and I'll put it into the video. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. And they actually came out pretty good. Um, but, yeah. So, I ended up, I actually ended up keeping that fish. And 
now I know obviously you can have replicas made. I wish I would have known that then, but uh, she's did on you, my wall. Did you eat it too? She's. I did not eat it. Oh, so you froze it or what did I, you have to do? I froze it. Um, well, first, and the only reason why I don't regret keeping it is I kind of have a cool story. At the time I was living with my uh, great grandfather, he was 93, 94 years old. And uh, I brought the fish home and I was like, hey, grandpa, I got to show you something. And he's like, what is it? And he saw me with the bucket and I held it up and he just started laughing his ass off for like five (laughs) minutes straight. And he was just like, couldn't even catch his breath or say anything. And then I'd put it back in the bucket, you know, and he goes, let me see it again. (laughs) And so I pulled it out again. And yeah, so and then he he actually passed away about a week after that. So that's that that made his that was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty special to be able to share that with him. And that's a good memory with that fish. But uh, so then that's completely worth it. Like I I would keep that like if that you know, if you knew something like that can happen, but you didn't know at the time either. So it's I, like, I had no clue. Like now I, now I wouldn't keep a fish like that. You know, it's nice to be able to release them and know that they're still in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is what it is. That's part of my journey at the time. I was still fishing freaking live crawdads and just stopped keeping fish to eat them. And <laughs> I mean, I was in my own little world back then. Yeah, It's yeah. completely different than now. So, so after that 10 pounder, what clicked i mean i'm sure you're like oh there's got to be more after that 10 pounder (laughs) so that year i'd already been fishing a ton and um like i remember i would just i you know started exploring the lake a little bit more and every time i'd see someone on a bass boat fishing and they would like go by me i'd be like man i want a bass boat like (laughs) i want to buy a boat i'd never been on a boat before but i was like man i just really want I want a bass boat. Like they're shiny. That's the only like girly shiny thing like (laughs) i want a shiny bass boat um and yeah, and so I actually got an opportunity, went out on my first, you know, first bass boat experience about a month after that fish. And I was like, yeah, I need, to, I just, I need to buy one. And were you fishing conventional at that time? So then, so then I'd finally got, um, like after that fish, I just started fishing a, I literally bought like an Okuma bait caster and spinning rod. I'm okay. like, man, these are expensive. <laughs> and it probably this, was still only like a oh, hundred bucks for the combo. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> like this isn't like an ugly stick combo yeah. that you can just go buy at Walmart. Um, yeah. So I started learning how to throw a bait caster <laughs> and, um, and actually right before that, I, uh, I remember I was fishing one day, I was still fishing live bait and it's kind of jumping around a little bit, but I found a, uh, crankbait on the shoreline and I was like, you know what? never i'd never thrown any conventional tackle ever it was always live bait i was like i'm gonna tie it on and so i tied it on and like second cast i caught a fish and i'm like cool this will <laughs> save me a trip to the tackle store buying live bait and having it go rotten in my truck while i'm at work and like i'm like maybe i should try this you know real bait like tackle stuff because then i don't have to worry about going to the the tackle store that had the crawdads and stuff that was like a half hour drive so i was doing that before work too um so i was like maybe i should try this stuff out and then honestly that that's probably more so when i like really started doing more research because then i got really intrigued with you know going from fishing live bait where the bait was doing its own trickery to (laughs) 
like trying to figure out how to make these fake baits look like real baits. And that's where I got really interested in it because I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I get to decide what it looks like. I have to make sure it looks real and realistic and, you know, whether it's fluttering or, you know, pausing or whatever it's doing, like to make the bass actually react and and bite it. So that was really cool for me. Um, And then especially when I started fishing swim baits. But yeah, so I back to the the other part went on a went on a boat about a month later i well after i went on that boat i was like i for sure have to buy one (laughs) like i need one um my 23rd birthday came around i'd been looking and like a week later i bought bought my first boat and it was a old shitty 90 91 93 champion um i mean it was my first boat it it did great (laughs) for for what i needed it for but was it a two-stroke I don't even know what it was. I don't even, I didn't. Did you have to work on it and stuff or was it I issues? should have. <laughs> <laughs> or did you just drive it into the ground and said, fuck it? <laughs> I did. One day, like the trolling motor wouldn't work and I'd be like, it's fine. I have the big motor. And then like one day the big motor wouldn't work and I'd be like, it's fine. I have the trolling motor. Like I was just in my own little world, like trying to figure shit out. I had no clue. And then I'd gone from only shore fishing, only, um, fishing live bait to buying a boat trying to learn how to fish from a boat which is well, this a completely... is another question did you have to back the trailer up oh yeah but i had plenty of experience you already knew that. how to do that yeah thing. yeah so you had no issue so you must have saw a lot of assholes like trying to back up when you're like all right back in so i actually <laughs> learned how to back up a trailer uh we had a sea do and once i wasn't you know high school driving had my truck and everything i uh you know our pontoon boat growing up we kept at the marina so we never had to do that but we had a sea do and when i was in high school i would take it out all the time mm-hmm. and backing up a little tiny single axle sea do trailer is harder than anything so um i learned and i'm grateful that i learned um by doing that so by the time i had my own truck and my own boat it was it wasn't a big deal and you know fishing in a lake where there's not that many people i think helped too because it's not like i had like the pressure of the you know the launch (laughs) ramp and all this stuff so i was at i was at a i think it was uh el cap Mm -hmm. i don't know no uh what's the one that closed for a long time in san diego with an open back up Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. I was there with my uncle the first like week, two weeks. I saw a tracker, brand new tracker fell off the trailer. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Oh, no. I've done that too. I dropped, I, at Dana Point, I dropped my boat off the trailer. I've seen, that's... I've seen a lot of, yeah. Oh, if you go to the river, that's the best. Oh, I bet. Oh, dude, we were there. I mean, I was with my wife and she had to go do something. So it took her forever. I'm like, I just set up a seat and just watched people back up. Like, couldn't do it. I'm like, this is horrible. The only thing I did, like, my worst trailering experience was when I had that first boat and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I tried to tie off the rope somewhere. I don't even remember what I did exactly, but I had backed the trailer up, tied the rope off somewhere, and then I went to pull forward and it actually jackknifed my boat on my trailer. <sighs> And so I broke like my running board and oh. put a giant scratch in my boat. But do you still fine. have that boat? No, no, no. I sold it. So what did you learn? What was the big differences from when you went from shore to the boat? And did you have electronics stuff like that? Uh, so much was different. <laughs> I mean, everything was like I said. I not only did I make that switch, but I also switched to learning how to throw a bait caster and learning how to throw all these other baits. That what I was, never what was your first uh, conventional technique that you really like caught on to? Um, 
I think it was either crankbaits or spinnerbaits. So kind of what I did was I would go to Walmart <laughs> and I'd buy like a bunch of different crankbaits. Okay. And I'd be like, okay, I'm only fishing these until I feel confident. And I'd do a ton of research and I'd watch all the YouTube videos on crankbaits and I would go out until I was catching a bunch. And then I'd move on to spinnerbaits and then I did the same thing. And then I moved on to jigs and then I did the same thing. And just kind of like trying to build my confidence in it and try to figure out like how the baits worked and how to fish them. And how where long to fish do you them. think you were taking on each like technique and how much were you fishing at time? Every oh, I was, fishing, I was fishing every day. Oh, um, wow. I obviously was working, so yeah. I, I had work, but uh, I was still fishing every day. Even if I could only take my boat out for a half hour, I was still taking my boat out wow. to fish. Like I was. So you were shoving a lot of learning in like a quick amount of time. You know what I'm saying? My success in bass fishing, especially my first couple years of having a boat and especially like swim bait fishing, um, my success is has a lot to do with time on the water i spent more time on the water those those couple years than most people do in five years i think yeah yeah that's a big and that's like everyone pretty much says time on the water but focus time on the water you were focusing yeah that's a, i i mean i put time on the water sometimes and i'm just fucking off drinking beers and hanging out and <laughs> i'm not really learning but I mean that that focus time on the water is such a huge difference. You know? Oh, yeah. And I didn't, again, like it's not like I was going out with other people. And I feel like being a, a female too, like there's obviously plenty of guys who are out there. But like, am I going to just jump on some random guy's boat that like, you know what I mean? Like being a fucking girl, like a woman, I'd be like, I'm not trusting no one. Well, here. especially like straight out of college. Like I'm in my young 20s and I'm just like. You know, obviously there's plenty of guys who were, who offered like, yeah, anytime you want to go out and I can show you how to use this or whatever. And I'm just like, no, I'm cool. Like I'll just buy my own boat. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I mean, it's cool. I guess at the same time you don't know who you can trust. Like, and that's yeah. the thing. Like my wife watches Dateline all the time and I'm like, fuck, I wouldn't, the, some of the shit I did when I was younger, I would have never done. And I'm like, I can't believe my parents let me do some of this stuff or even, you know, like you don't know. And especially like, well, nowadays I don't think it's as bad because I feel like everyone gets checked. Like we watched that Woodstock 99. Oh, I didn't see it. It was on Netflix. Uh-huh. And the shit they were doing, I'm like, you couldn't get away with that this time. Their cell phones. Like people were doing horrible shit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the only good thing is that we got Instagram, we got cell phones. But even back then, it was still not as same as it was now. And yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want my, my daughter to jump on Hey, who's this guy? Well, you know, why are you jumping on this fucking boat? Like, who, who, what's, what's his intentions? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, in that aspect, I feel like, you know, a 21, 22-year-old guy could have had probably more mentors than I did because it's not weird for them to jump on someone's boat and go fish because they have a passion for fishing. So, for me, it was like, I'll figure this out on my own. Like, I got this. That's kind of what I was used to anyways. Um, Which is rare, really rare nowadays. Yeah, because you see a lot of women, and it's like puts a, a scar on on you as a as a as an angler, because these girls are getting handed off fish. A lot of them, especially Florida, it's like fuck, man. It's like you don't know who's doing what because it's like, well, are they really fishing? Or are they just getting handed? You know. I think that's so funny. I've never held up someone else's fish. I've actually had a guy ask me if they could hold up my fish for a picture, and I'm like, no. <laughs> They wanted to take a picture with your fish so they could post it. Yeah. <laughs> I 
I've thrown people's fish at them. I've never, you know, like drunk, like messing around. I never, you know, would do that ever. Yeah, that's comments I get, you know, obviously. We'll kind of get into that too. But yeah, that, like, we will. But I mean, goodness. just as the learning curve, it's like, yeah, you could have went that route. But I think it's cool because you're like, no, I'll yeah. do it on my own. Well, and you know? you know, part of my story too. So once I caught that 10 pound fish, that actually, that's where uh, my social media grew, grew also. So before that 10 pounder, I literally had like my closest friends and family on Instagram. Maybe a couple hundred followers. Maybe. Less than a hundred. Okay. It was like very. So then how did it jump with the 10 pounder? So I caught that fish and I don't even know, like maybe I used hashtags. I'll have to scroll back. Yeah. Scroll way back on Instagram and you'll see. Um, <laughs> Like all my pictures before that were all fishing related too, but I was never catching anything yeah. big. And you know, you, there's literally pictures of like my crawdad hanging on the hook. <laughs> Um, goodness. But yeah. So when I caught that fish, some fishing pages saw it, shared it and it was, Instagram was a lot different back then. So it was a lot easier to grow. And, oh, yeah. um, I think overnight I got like 10,000 followers or something. And really? I was like, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> and I just remember telling my family, like, you know, my dad, I'm like, I really, this is making me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, you know, small town girl, keep to myself. Don't even talk to that many people in real life and then all these people are watching me now and I was like you know what I didn't like ask for this to happen so I'm just gonna kind of run with it and see what happens and you know just try to stay true to myself and mm -hmm. see what what see whatever happens uh, maybe an opportunity will come up from it or something but yeah that was kind of the start of the Instagram thing but with that also came some people um, I was wearing a bikini in that picture of the 10 pounder of the 10 pounder okay. um and so i did get some comments about you know like it's just because she's a girl or just because her body or whatever and again with my upbringing do you wear a bikini when you go fishing though i do now but did I, you before i did then and that's why i mean i'm fishing by myself like even if you were so even if you were like going fishing like by yourself oh yeah you have day. like shorts and a bikini top on or something that day i was 100 percent by myself yeah I just mean, like yeah and and where I live, there's but not you know that the big difference is you you'd be doing that all the time anyway. Even if yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I was I that was like normal for. Me. Okay. I mean, that's what I did. That was normal for me. And then, um, you know, catching that fish brought obviously good attention, but then also the attention of like, oh, she's a girl, or it's her body, or whatever. And so I really didn't like that. So I actually stopped wearing a bikini for like three, four years probably. Okay. After that, just because I was like, no, I want to, if I'm known for anything, I want it to be because I'm good at what I do, not because I'm a girl in a bikini. And then, then I started seeing more of the girls, like kind of like you're talking about, just like girls who may not really fish, but they're just showing their body off. And well, don't get me wrong. These girls probably make a ton of money and good oh, for I'm them. I'm sure they do. <laughs> and if you got some fucking lurker, like whatever, if it's going to make money, it makes money, you know? Yeah. Like, if I could make money like that. You know, showing my titties off, I'll do the same thing. <laughs> my, pr my, my thing for me, like, I really don't like the separation, kind of like we said earlier. I don't like the separation of, like, oh, she's a girl. Like, I'm just one of the guys. Like, I'm out here doing the same sport you're doing, and, and I honestly don't want more attention from it because I'm a girl. So if I'm getting attention for it, then I want it to be because I catch big fish or I know what I'm doing or like, you know, there has to be something, some substance there. Like I'm not, I'm definitely not like all about my body type of a person. So, but do you, do you, I mean, if you, if we get farther in the story, you are a trainer, right? Yeah. I'm so a, then it's like, 
well, of course I'm going to show my fucking body because I want people to hire me because I fucking, you know, it's what? like, why, am I going to wear a, a shirt that sponsors me or a hat or whatever it might be? You're going to want that, you know? You know, for, for the longest time, I didn't, like I said, I, I stopped wearing a bikini fishing and uh, Ryan actually was like, wear whatever you want. Like, who cares what these people on the internet say? And I'm like, well, like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be looked at like that or I don't want to be yeah. like just another girl that's wearing a bikini and holding a fish up, you know? And He's like, wear what's comfortable. It's 105 degrees. It's 110 degrees. Like, you want to wear a bikini or you want to get a tan? Cool. Like, I'm gonna take my shirt off for a couple yeah. hours. Like, he's whatever. Flex and pose. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, so he's actually a big part of why I started wearing a bikini again okay. because I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, but do you think that that time you did stop? Did it, you think you made your point or it made you feel a little more comfortable catching the fish without the bikini on and keep posting? You know, that next year's when. The year that next year, the year after was when I caught a ton of big fish and I wasn't in a bikini in any single one of those pictures. And so I feel like that that kind of that proved my point in a way of like, you know, this is who I am and this is what I do. And that's kind of how I've always been anyways. So I don't know. I kind of I shouldn't have let anybody sway me in the first place. But um, but I did just because I wanted to. I don't know. I wanted to be. Known. I don't think I see now. Like if you look at it, you have a lot of casts to catch. Yeah. So it's like I don't think it would have mattered either way. Yeah, and I did back the then. Cat. I did back then too. Um, after after that ten pounder, and once I got more serious about fishing, I started. You know, got GoPros and started recording my catches, and all my swim bait catches are on cast to catch unless my GoPro overheated, which you know happens sometimes. But I mean, yeah, the. I pretty much have cast catch of everything and I show my mistakes and I show my good catches and, and everything. I have nothing to hide. I'm not yeah. here to, to prove myself to anybody. I'm just doing what I like to do. So, so back to the 10 pounder in the bikini and you got the, the post, yeah. uh, that, that you're already starting to fish conventional. You're posting more stuff mm-hmm. uh, at that time. Lots of crankbaits, spinnerbaits, whatever it might be. Uh, you have 10,000 followers. It keeps growing here and there. Yeah. When did you, what was the next step? Like of a, like if going up your fishing career? Um, I started fishing tournaments. <laughs> oh, really? Up that way? Oh, no I way. I started fishing local tournaments with this kid that I went to high school with. We had no clue what we were doing. Like it was, it was honestly pointless, but <laughs> I just really liked fishing. So wasted some money doing that. Um, didn't. Do you think that helped a little bit like fishing? I mean, pressure, just like, um, you know, making a quick choice. Not really, because no. I just, I really didn't know enough to be fishing at that time, to be fishing tournaments at that time. Um, it was cool to like the camaraderie of, you know, going to the weigh-ins and stuff. So I actually, I stopped fishing tournaments and I just kept going to the weigh-ins. Um, but then sometime on Instagram, again, I'd ended up seeing swim baits and that completely changed everything for me because I was like, what are these? Like mm-hmm. that, that's a giant trout. Like I go fishing for these, <laughs> you know? And, um, that just turned everything to the next level of like making, instead of making like this little crankbait or this little spinner bait look realistic, like you're making a whole eight inch, nine inch trout look realistic and you're trying to catch a big fish. And that just, I don't know, that just lit a fire under me. And again, doing tons of research, I got a handful of baits. I think I got like, bought a couple huds, got some Savage Gear line throughs, just like some really basic, you know, starter. Were you throwing plastics like like a uh, hud type baits? No, no glides at the time. 
didn't throw any glides at the time. I have a good story about when I first started throwing glides, <laughs> though. Um, but yeah, it was just super, super basic. Where did you find your information on, on what you're looking at at the time? I was just looking at Instagram stuff. Okay. I was just seeing stuff on Instagram and started searching on Tackle Warehouse and, you know, what could I afford? Like, man, I, I hated losing $5 crankbaits. I <laughs> did not want to lose a $20, $25 HUD at the time, you know? I was like, dang. So, yeah, it was. It was and like, this is all on the same lake that you've been fishing. This yeah. is like your home lake. Mm -hmm. You're figuring everything out. So, you you buy the, the uh, swim bait. Did what, what, uh, kind of what pieces fit together from what you learned already to the swim bait? So, you know, oh, what, man. what do you think, what things helped you on your journey? Like that you fished, you're like, okay, I understand this because of this. So I fished swim baits only. I like fell in love with swim baits right off the bat and I stopped fishing everything else. Okay. And I fished swim baits straight pretty much every single day for almost a full year before I ever got a bite. Wow. <laughs> every day every day what changed just was it the timing of the year was it the it was the time it was a really bad time of year i started fishing swim baits in like the fall and so i fished all fall i fished all winter in the freaking snow like but, it, and you but did you what were you doing like did you so like since you didn't have a learning curve like i don't know how to i didn't know how to fish a hud so mm -hmm. i never really do but now it's like i fish a hud in the ocean and the, the different type the, the mm -hmm. same idea dragging it on stuff were you going like, do I got to fish this in a water column? Am I going to fish it and drag it like a jig? Like, what are you trying to, you know, like, what yeah, was the learning curve on that? I feel like the only thing I was thinking was I'd heard people say, like, especially because the time of year, like, if you think you're fishing slow enough, you need to fish even slower. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And so I was just like super patient and just like slow rolling huds on the bottom and outside of like, you know, I would see like an offshore like island and I would fish outside of that and I was just I, I had no clue I was just trying mm -hmm. to figure it out and um yeah the time of year was terrible I mean fishing in the middle of the winter yeah. it wasn't fun but froze my ass off um <laughs> no bikini that time right no <laughs> no we were past the bikini phase at that point I was oh my gosh it was so cold one day I went to launch and the uh, lake ranger pulled up as I'm like about to launch, windy as shit, freezing cold, hailing. And he was like, Kayla. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, uh -uh. are you actually <laughs> launching right now? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, do not make me come out there and rescue you. He's like, there's like five foot swells. It's about to snow. It's freezing. He's like, wear your life jacket. Here's my cell phone number if you need me. He's like, I'll be watching, keeping an eye on you. And I'm like, I'm cool. <laughs> you know, like. That lake, though, also from what I heard, gets big. It's it's terrible. It's like it's, the ocean. It could be crazy. It's scary. Yeah. I'm not scared of very many things, and that lake gets really scary. Have you ever had, like, incidents where you're like, I'm stuck? I've had plenty of times where I've thought, like, I'm for sure going to sink my boat. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, but now I try to be safer than that um, just because I've been in those experiences. And my, especially my first boat was really bad. It was terrible when we would get those five foot, five or six foot swells. It did not handle them. I would literally be like zigzagging through the waves, like just take this wave this way and then take it this way. And, and were it, you solo at the time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're crazy, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah my dad called me one time he's like are you on the lake and I'm like yeah and he was like 
you better get your ass in. I'm like, it's okay, dad. I'm an adult. Like I can do what I want. Yeah. No, it gets, it gets really bad. It gets scary. So now like I'm a little more, I'm probably too cautious sometimes, but honestly, I've been stuck out there when it's been really dangerous and there's a lot of, um, underwater obstacles like rocks and boulders and trees that like, you never know when you're going to hit them. And Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to sink my boat, and I don't want to die. So, <laughs> so back to uh, the first year. You had that whole winter. Yep. You had the spring, summer. Are you back at fall again? When you so start I, I think I started fishing them in in summer. So I fished all summer, fall, winter, and then finally got bit in February on a HUD. Was it an aggressive bite or was it just kind of a tick? Oh, it was the best bite ever. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, oh, I've got bit. And I set the hook and that was my first hook set on like a heavy rod. <laughs> I had no idea. So yeah. I'm I'm pretty small. So I have to like put a lot of effort into my hook sets on what those rod heavy rods. What rod were you using at It the time? was like a really stiff Okuma something. Guide select or something? Yeah. Okay. It was like an extra heavy, extra, extra heavy. I don't even know, but it was a broomstick. And, um, and I, I, it came off halfway to the boat and I was devastated. I was like, I've been casting <laughs> for months for that one bite and I lost it. And it felt like a good fish. I mean, who knows, but you know, and like were you by yourself too again. No, I was with someone at that okay. point. But we don't need to talk about him. Okay, no problem. <laughs> and uh, and so lost that fish. And then within that next week, I was fishing from the shore and I caught my first swim bait fish. And it was on a Savage Gear line through. Wow. And it was a 7.3. That's a nice. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was stoked. I was like, I don't even know. Had did it. you do the same uh, technique you're doing before? Like, did you remember, okay, this is how I got bit? For that one, I, I actually, so right before that, I'd got my HUD stuck and I lost it. And I was like bummed because I'm like, <laughs> man, I just got bit on this bait, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was fishing from, from shore and that happened. And I'm like, oh, I'll fish this, you know, Savage Gear line through. Well, what I liked about the line throughs, and I still do like those baits, but um, they have more play in them you know they don't it's not like a boot tail bait or something where you just like slowly wind it and it has that little tail wag you know these savage gear line throughs they're almost like a three-piece you know soft bait so Mm -hmm. they they actually swim and so i would kind of like reel it fast a couple times reel it slow maybe pause it a little bit i kind of like tried it like my thought process is like i gotta make it look like a real fish Mm -hmm. you know i got if a fish is chasing it i want it to think that you know it's actually running away or whatever. So I tried to fish it kind of realistic. And I remember that's how I got bit. I mean, I was reeling it normal. And then I did a couple quick little winds and it smashed it. So yeah. And then the next day I caught another one. I caught like a six something. And so you caught two in two days in a row. In two days. And then actually I think I caught two that next day. I went from catching none to catching three in two days. 
and then it was just on and you felt you just you had that confidence where you're like oh i know i know what i'm oh, doing now. oh yeah. yeah i was i was just in heaven i was loving every minute of it and that year was the best year of fishing that i've seen and how shitty is that <laughs> do you know what i'm saying because like i caught my 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 first calico pb was four years ago yeah and i never caught a bigger one than that until a month ago i caught an eight finally yeah uh same thing with my largemouth. It was for I caught my largemouth the first year of fishing, two thousand nine, and yeah. I never caught another largemouth bigger than that time I went with Charles. But I mean, how fucked is it to catch honestly, your good fishing and then it just go to shit? For honestly, a long time? I'm really grateful for it because I got hooked. I mean, I threw swim baits for a long time without catching anything, uh -huh. and then I had a year where I caught a lot of good fish. And if I didn't have that year, if the fishing was like it's been the last seven years since then i mean knowing me i probably would still have my head in the game but like people don't have the patience for that like i'm grateful that i had one year where i caught a lot of good fish i got to explore a lot of different baits i've caught a lot of good good largemouth on a lot of different swim baits and it's because that year was so good so to me i'm grateful that i have that under my belt um I always think like even if it's a bad year, it's like well, next year might be better or maybe next month or maybe next week. Like I always, you know, I know there's potential, so I'm still in it. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that I had that year. Everything's on your lake too. You never really lead to other lakes? No, I fished, uh, I've fished a handful of other lakes. I fished Pyramid and Castaic and Silverwood and Paris and uh, Skinner and, you know, I fished. Do you have some other lakes you like, like favorite lakes? Um, I haven't really fished them enough to to know like I've I caught a good one at Skinner but besides that like I haven't really and I didn't I don't think I fished any of them like on my boat or by myself it was mm -hmm. always with other people and not very often so um I mean my lake's just right next to me honestly it kind of sucks because it's in the middle of nowhere and there isn't a lot of other options so yeah, when right. it sucks it sucks and it's like good luck and I'm still out there casting my life away but you know <laughs> it is what it is was so when you started catching those fish was this so you're still filming with the gopro at mm -hmm. the time uh you had a, a contest as well right a gopro contest you entered yeah there was what a... happened with that like can you break that story down <laughs> gopro cast a catch contest uh gilbert knows about this contest he'd entered too but um I hadn't entered it kind of like um, like sponsorships. Like I've never reached out to anybody. I've just like if something comes my way, then I'll think about it. So randomly I get like this message from or an email or something like from GoPro or Bassmasters, whoever it was with. And they're like, hey, you should enter this contest that we're doing. You can win a free brand new Nitro. And I'm like, shit, huh? I'm like, well, what do I need to do? You know, like I'm just trying to fish. And they're like, it's just like cast a catch, like raw footage from the time you catch it to the time you, you know, or from the time you hook it to the time you catch it, like we need to see the whole entire thing and um, unedited and you just send it in to us. And there was like different phases. So like it was like a four month thing or something. And every month they would choose a winner for the month. And then at the end they would choose a finalist. Okay. So each winner, whoever won, would get like a GoPro and a little package or something. But I'd, uh, I'd submitted a couple videos and they're, you know, the next month they're like, send more. And I'm like, well, I mean, I haven't really caught much. I have some old ones I could send. They're like, yeah, send them, like send all of them. And I don't remember who the judges were, but it was like some pro bass fishermen. And uh, so I sent in all these videos and then um, 
long story short, I end up being one of the finalists and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And it was what actually were they doing with all the videos. Are they posting them? No, I don't remember. Okay. I don't even they were. I don't remember what they were going to do with them. I mean, use them for I, I, at the time they were trying to get into fishing a little bit. I think they were trying to make like a, an actual like GoPro specific like fishing page and okay. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and that the the one that ended up um, being the finalist was a eight point one pounder that I caught on a Nuzuma rat that Piz painted oh, that no he actually way. gave me. Yeah, oh, and cool. uh, and so I caught caught that fish from the bank. I just happened. It literally went out before work one day. Uh, I'd worked at at a bank at the time, which was kind of inconvenient because I'd have to like get all dressed up in my truck before going back to work. But anyways, went out and fished from the bank and I just set my GoPro up, you know, for the half hour that I could fish and I caught that fish. But um, yeah, so they call me and they're like, hey, you know, you need to set up a GoPro. We're having a Zoom call or whatever it was back in the day mm -hmm. and um, set it up. And they're like, congratulations, you won this brand new nitro, like oh, $60,000 package with all these extras and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't deserve this. <laughs> Um, so I was freaking out. My family was freaking out. And um, then like a week later, they email me and they're like, hey, they'd announced it. There's like if you still like if you Google my name, the first thing that pops up, I think, is mm -hmm. the like GoPro best catch contest. <laughs> and um, they're like, hey, uh, someone complained that you had posted um, your winning video on Instagram prior to entering it in the contest. Well, at the time. On Instagram, you could only do like 15 second videos. So I think it was like me casting, me hooking it, me showing the fish. And uh, and I didn't even know that that was in the contest rules. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, they said send videos. So they, and they'd already like picked me as the finalist. They'd already picked me as the winner. They announced that I was the winner to everybody. Like everybody was like, oh my gosh, Kayla won. We They posted like this big video of me winning. And it was like this big deal. And then they're like, we're disqualifying you and you're not getting the boat. And I was like, what? <laughs> fucking mike called in on you no i'm just kidding. i'm just fucking mike's gonna hear this be like no fucking name no mike was mike and i were we were communicating through that whole process too we'd already been talking at that time um and he he was a good mentor for me so we'd been talking through that whole process so someone too. actually went and, and found you and looked your shit and it was it on you it was the um it was the second the guy who got second place and actually, you know who that was? no, I don't know his name. And honestly, like the person that worked from Go for GoPro that reached out to me and told me that they were disqualifying me, he was like, go back and delete that video. And I was like, I'm not like if that was in the rules, then that was in the no, rules. Yeah, and like he, he, yeah, that's bad juju. yeah. That's and bad he juju. was like, just go delete it. And like, no one will know. And I'm like, I can't like, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, plus, like, obviously someone complains. So they already saw it. But like, I'm not the, I'm not here to cheat anybody out. I don't I don't deserve or like I didn't earn this boat anyways. So, yeah. um, you know, like it is what it is. But yeah, for us, for a short moment there, I thought I was getting a brand new boat. And I was pretty excited about that. What a but. bummer, dude. Honestly, it's like whatever. I beat the shit out of my boat on my lake. My lake is not a boat, not a lake to have a, a new boat spot, on. Yeah. So I've, it's fine. So after you do that, I mean, I'm sure that helped like promote your Instagram even more. I don't think it did. I don't think it did anything for me. No, no. At that time, I'd already been catching good fish. I mean, I, at that time I'd been catching swim bait fish. My page was growing even more. Um, 
I didn't really, it's not like I was trying to do anything. I was just posting my fish, posting my catches, posting cast to catches when I could. Um, Instagram, like I said, only had like 15 second videos, so you couldn't do much. I was posting some stuff on YouTube. Um, don't really post anything on there really anymore, but Why so? there's some, I just don't effort, I guess. I think that's the shittiest place to get bad comments too. I get a ton of fuck. Wait people. till you grow on TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's the next thing we'll talk about is TikTok. I got to hear about this. But, yeah. but I mean, I feel like that's a hard one. Even for me, like keeping up on the YouTube, it's like, well, I get a little money, a tiny bit. Yeah. It's cool. But it's like a lot of fucking work to keep up on it. You know, when I started YouTube and I have a handful of cool, like cool for for me to look back on. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I started, you know, like I started, I got a GoPro. I started recording my stuff. And I just remember like going to my grandma's and showing her like, well, that's cool. this I is guess what I right. did. Yeah. And so she was like, wow, this is so cool. I get to see what you do all the time. So that's a big part of why I was recording because Eight years ago, people, not very many people were recording what they were doing. And yeah. like, I literally have like a video of the first archery deer I shot. And I just like oh, self-filmed wow. like me hiking up there, me shooting, like set up the camera. So were it was you facing by yourself me. you caught that one? Yep. Um, it yeah. Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, I, I was pretty much making like vlogs, which I didn't know what a vlog was at the time, but I was making like these little follow me around hunting and fishing videos. And I just... I did it because I enjoyed it and I, I enjoyed photography. I took a bunch of photography classes in college because I kind of thought I wanted to go down that route at one time. So for me, it was just fun to do. And um, and so the YouTube thing, it was just kind of like putting it up there so I could my friends and family could see. And Especially, I guess like if you're close with your family, like grandma mm -hmm. and stuff, it's way easier to go look on YouTube. Yeah. Compared to going, well, go on Instagram, look at this. And then it's like, oh, I don't know what the hell. Well, and on that. Instagram, you couldn't post long videos yeah. either. So it was like, yeah, like I put it on YouTube and then you can just watch it on your TV. And mm -hmm. they could, you know, grandma and grandpa could watch it on their TV exactly. or we could all go over and watch it. And they liked it. So yeah. that was a big part of it for me. So, yeah, like cast of catches I would put on YouTube because it couldn't put the full video on Instagram and I remember seeing Gilbert posted like destined to fail and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to post me messing up like <laughs> uh, posted some some of my like destined to fail videos of me losing fish at the net and stuff like that. And it was just I don't know. I liked it. No, that's super cool. Um, you also wanted. So you're still working at the bank at this time or were you doing something? Um, else? Let me see. I no, wasn't working at the bank anymore trying to think i'd quit and started working at a gun shop i quit all my jobs at one point and just had like a couple months off where i didn't really know what i was gonna do but i wasn't happy with where i was and mm -hmm. they weren't treating me right so i was like bye i'll figure it out <laughs> started working at a gun shop um and did that for a while that's probably what i was doing around around that time yeah yeah that year and then when did you because you have a cool story about a job you did uh, as a correctional officer like yeah. when did you get into that so I actually worked in, I was juvenile corrections officer for a while, um, but I actually took a break from that job. So I first started that job in, I think about 2015. So is that like, uh, it'd be like Fred C. Nellis down here, you know where that is? Mm -mm. It's like a kid's, the camp, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a all boys juvenile institution. So what to 18? Uh, uh, yeah. 18 year olds. So for where, where is that? Is that the one up on a magic mountain, right? No, no, no. This okay. one's actually up near Lake Isabella. Okay. Yeah. And it's all 14 to 18 year old boys. What, and, you, what were you doing? Um, so 
So background to that, my degree is in child adolescence family studies with a minor in psychology. So I had worked most of my jobs up until that point had been uh, counseling related. And I loved working with people. I loved helping kids. Um, and so that job was kind of like I was sick of driving so far for a job and um, found out about that, used my degree. I'm like, cool, I can help these kids. Um, became juvenile corrections officer, learned you don't help them at that point, especially it was very like I black and white with the teenage boys. And I was, yeah, 20, 23, 24, oh 24 at the time. Yeah. So, um, I was very strict and they did not like me. <laughs> um, because it's, it's a fine line, especially as a female, you know, you have to, I mean, you have to make sure they don't question anything. You have to make sure you they know exactly what their where their place is and what your business is. And, um, you know, they have to know that you mean business, too, because, I mean, you're breaking up fights every day. And yeah, you, had to, you actually had to make up fights and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> pepper spray. Like yeah. dude, some of these kids had to be like six one. Oh, they're big. <sighs> yeah. That's a crazy job yeah, to do. Yeah, it wasn't fun. So I did that for a year, and then I was like, nah, I'm not really feeling this job. Um, at the time, it was a county job, so um, they had, like, what they call extra help or permanent. So extra help, you'd work for, what, 10 months, and then you get two months off. Oh, um, nice. So I was just in my my two months off just starting it and I was all excited because it was like good timing I'm like cool I get to hunt and fish for two months and then I got a call from a local school they're like hey we need a teacher for this intervention class will you do oh, it and cool. so I ended up doing that so I left corrections uh for a year did a couple other jobs but then I ended up coming back to corrections worked for the same facility but in mental health and I did that for a year and I really didn't like that because I wasn't as involved as I wanted to be. Yeah. So I ended up becoming a corrections officer again and did that for another almost two years, I think. Wow. But I was working, um, you know, this last time that I was working for corrections, I became more involved with more stuff. So I was more involved in the mental health side of things. I taught substance abuse classes and anger management classes. And then I also was a defensive tactics instructor for the probation department. So I what got... Is, what's a defensive tactic? What is that? So I got to go, we had a team and we would pretty much train all the officers how to defend themselves, how to break up fights, how to arrest, how to, you know, take guns from people if, you know, someone's pointing a gun at you. Um, just pretty much all the hands-on stuff. So that was a lot you of fun. You, why didn't you ever become a police officer? You know... I never wanted to. My whole like working in law enforcement, I never wanted to work in law enforcement. I like mental health okay. and I thought like my whole reason for working with, you know, in that population was just trying to help them. Um, and I didn't really like the law enforcement aspect of it. I didn't like having to be the authority figure. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, they're in here for X, Y, or Z. Like, how can we make them, how can we try at least to attempt to give them a chance in the world? Mm -hmm. So that's what I tried to do while I was there. Um, the only other law enforcement job that I really thought about doing was becoming fish and wildlife. And I actually applied to do that. And um, I'm glad that I didn't end up doing that. But why not? You know, I thought that I wanted to, one, living in a small town, like, Kind of like being a corrections officer. Oh, like the people, the people. You have to bust people you know. Yeah, the people yeah. that you run into, like they don't like you. Um, and 
yeah, they don't they don't like you. So I mean, for me, thinking like, cool, be fish and wildlife. I could just drive around all day in the mountains and it'll be beautiful and you know, talk to people about fishing and hunting. But the reality of it, I was really lucky that I talked to the local fishing game guy who'd been who'd been our guy for a long time. He met me one day and we talked for a couple hours and he told he answered all my questions and told me everything that he could. And a big part of that was just like, yeah, I don't want like, you know, it's already a small town. And I don't want people showing up at my house and people not liking me. And, you know, law enforcement just isn't my, it's not my deal. Um, Did you have, so some of the kids you'd have to deal with, they were kids that you knew or maybe the parents or something, right? um, Because they were put into the facility for whatever reason it might be. Most of the kids that we would get would be from the cities, the surrounding cities. So there would rarely be a couple people that were like local. um, But we also would be like very hush hush about like whether we whether we were local or not, um, because we also had a lot of employees that would travel from out, you know, from the city. So, yeah, luckily I wasn't really around those guys, um, thankfully. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. Only while yeah. I was at work, and that's when I dealt with them, and and that's when. Did you train any kind of martial arts or anything like that before that? I didn't know, and a big part of me becoming a defensive tactics instructor was because I was so interested in it, and being a smaller female, I mean, I was the smallest person on our, you know, out of all the officers, and I was like, I need to be able to defend myself. I'm taking 10 of these guys by myself a half mile up the hill by myself to work in the garden and giving them, like, shovels and rakes, and I'm by myself, so I need to make sure I can defend myself. Um, Whether I have pepper spray or not, then I need to make sure I can take these guys on. So um, part of becoming a defensive tactics instructor was, one, they saw my effort, you know, learning, but... I was like, if I become an instructor, then I get to practice this a lot. And Ryan actually has a good history of of martial arts. And so, you know, every once in a while, we'll kind of roll and mm-hmm. I'll try to kick his ass, but it doesn't work. <laughs> what's um, your, what's your, uh, like, if you have to defend yourself, what do you do? Like, what's your main thing that you want to do, especially being a smaller, you know? Well, with those boys, it was kind of different because I actually had pepper spray. So that was like, you know, but... It just, it's so situational and that's why I liked practicing so much was because you need to know, like, depending on the situation. And I also tried to have a good rapport with them too. So even though a lot of them didn't like me, they knew that, that I meant business and Mm -hmm. they kind of had a respect for me. Um, most of them in one way, they knew that I'd listen and that we could usually talk about things. I'd give them chances, which they never got from anybody. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then the other side, they knew, like, if I said something, it was happening, no matter what, 100%. So, like, if you want to test me, test me, yeah. but you're going to see what's going to happen. But, did you ever have any issues? Oh, yeah. You did? Uh-huh. Did you ever get, like, have a dude hit you or guys hit you or anything? Um, Close, but no. <sighs> I, it was mostly just breaking up fights and stuff. Um, Usually, we would try, you know, look, a lot of times, I, I always had other officers around me when there were situations. Okay. Luckily, um, I was... I think because of my mental health experience, I was able to kind of keep situations at bay for the most part when I was by myself. Um, But yeah, luckily, I mean, there was other people around. But that was another reason why I left too was the situations were getting worse. Um, Things were happening more often. We weren't able to hold them accountable as much as we should have been able to. And 
I didn't feel like I had the backup from other officers as much as I should. And being who I am and my size and everything, I just wasn't comfortable with that. Plus, they're talking away, talking about taking away pepper spray in juvenile institutions. And I was like, negative. Have fun with that because I'm not getting fist fights with these kids. I couldn't imagine like having to deal with ten of my son. Like he's horrible. Like I, I'm, I mean, he's like he'll come home and he's he's like six foot now. Yeah. And he'll wrestle with me and I'm like, you're fucking strong now, dude. Like stop it, you're hurting me. Yeah, they're <laughs> big know? and and when they're you know when they're in those situations and they really have nothing to lose in their eyes, like in their mind, a lot of them they're like, I'm going to prison, like my dad or yeah. my brother, like that's my goal anyways. I don't care. Like I don't care about you or them or I don't care about you know another charge for assaulting an officer. Like doesn't matter to me. So for us to know like actual technique on like how we need to apply pressure, where we need to grab or where we need to move them, like that's huge um, because that's stuff that they don't really know. They're kind of just like scrappy street fighters. Um, But some of them still, they're pretty wild. Like big men. Some of them are men already. They could be 15 or 16. 18, yeah. You know, like, and even the small ones are like huge. Yeah. It's like, it's it's really crazy. Yeah. Great, grateful I'm not in that space anymore. Yeah. Did you try to connect with fishing? You couldn't really say anything personal life to them, right? No. Um, so because of my coworkers, they, you know, my coworkers knew that I was always hunting and fishing and stuff, but I actually had a couple coworkers that would start rumors and oh, <laughs> like God. to the boys. Yeah. So they would be like, oh yeah, like Kayla, she's an MMA fighter. And they'd be like, dude, don't mess with her, bro. Like, she fights MMA. Like, that's what she does. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like one of them said one time I was a black belt. And so like they were all scared and rumors like that. Um, and then they didn't really, we didn't really talk about fishing or anything. But like, you know, my coworkers mostly would be like, yeah, she hunts, don't mess. Like she knows what she she knows how to use a gun like you know how to use a gun she knows how to use a gun i'd just be like why are you guys talking about me like they don't need to know anything yeah especially rumors like yeah whatever but i could see this part where you're saying working like with kids differently like i could see that being enjoy- like we did that tilt outdoors and it was like the gang youth mm-hmm. and it was really cool seeing these these kids like it's uh they don't have a chance to go on a boat so they're like catching calico and, and all kinds yeah. of stuff. So that part's cool. I, th- I think that's really cool. Yeah, we we had, um, you know, the kids who were doing better in the program. We had special programs with them where we would take them on a hike or we would take them fishing or mm-hmm. something like that. But it was very rare and you really had to be selective. Um, yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean. Because they're like firecrackers. You don't ever know what's going to happen. No. With and that then age, es- too. Especially like, uh, with all the gang involvement, you you really just never know. Wow. So you decided to pick that whole thing up and leave it all together. So I had been doing that job for a while. I knew that's not where I wanted to stay. Um, I thought about the fishing game thing and then never heard back from them. Like I applied and never heard about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, taking the exam or anything. And then one day I was working out and I was thinking about like the whole mental, you know, my background in mental health. And then it just like clicked like you have this background in mental health, you love helping people with their emotions and their behaviors and everything like that. Why not also work on their physical health? Like you could be a personal trainer and you can combine, you know, mental health, physical health, and just, you know, all around well-being. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how have I never thought about this before? So um, I decided it was like a really quick decision. I was like, okay, what, what would I need to do to become a personal trainer? 
I looked into it. I did the research. I was like, you know what, for the, you know, risk, it's not really high risk to get this education. And Mm -hmm. at least even if I decide not to use it, then at least I have that education for myself. And, you know, at least it'll be an option. So I decided to start the schooling for that, like pretty quickly after I even thought about the idea. And, um, you know, throughout that, knew I wanted to start my own business, knew I wanted to start training people. And um, the closer it got to doing that, the more I was like, I'm over this probation job. So um, it just kind of like worked hand in hand. I was really lucky. I told my, you know, my supervisors, you know, I'm, I'm going to school for this, but, you know, I, I'm not planning on doing it full time. Yeah. I didn't think that I would be able to. But I actually quit my job after not even six months of starting my own business, personal training and nutrition. When did you start doing the personal training? I started at the beginning of last year. So it's been a little over a year. Oh, wow. Almost a year and a half. Yeah. So backing up a little bit, did you have some of the sponsors already that you have now? Like. I did. Bomar, or is it, what is the? Bomar, Bomar Nutrition. So um, as far as Bomar Nutrition, I didn't, wait, no, yeah, I did have them because I've been with them for over three years, actually. Um, And then my other sponsor is Realtree. Realtree, I've been with for about eight years. That happened quickly after um, the 10 pound fish. That that was fishing too. Yeah. 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 They, they do, what do they do? I don't know anything about Realtree. Realtree, they, so they're a camouflage company and so pretty much they design the camouflage pattern and then other brands can purchase their pattern to put on their clothing and stuff like that. And Realtree is actually in the last few years expanded to, you know, they have their Realtree outdoors, their hunting side, but they also have a fishing side now also, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, that's a, that's cool to see someone with a, with a company that long too as well. Yeah. Because you don't see that a lot nowadays. The fitness part of it, so the the uh, protein and the supplements, how did they reach out to you? Because you weren't, do you have another fitness page? I do now, but I didn't back then. Um, actually, the owners of Bomar Nutrition are Sarah and Josh Bomar, and they're big in the hunting community also. So I'd known them for years okay. just through hunting. Um, Sarah had reached out to me a couple of times. I'd actually been kind of partnered with another company for a little bit before that. And I was like, uh... And um, finally, I was like, all right, let's talk. And I'm glad that I did because they're amazing. You know, the brand, the company, the supplements, uh, the people behind it, just all around, they're great. Do you get to, do you put like your clients on the same stuff? Like, um, I can make recommendations, okay. but I always try to tell people like you can take all the supplements in the world and unless you're willing to actually put the work in. It's not going to happen. Just like hiring me as a coach. You can hire me, yeah. but just because you pay me doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like you, you have to listen to what I say. (laughs) And, um, same thing with supplements, like supplements are there to supplement your diet. They're, they're there to help. Um, but they're not going to do the work for you. So I, I, I'm really honest with all my clients, especially about stuff like that. Like if you're going to put your money in anything, I'd rather see you work with me for a few months so I can really educate you on how you can make these changes throughout your whole life. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to spend some money on supplements, go for it so that that can kind of like help you out. But really it's just learning the basics and building those new habits that are going to make you successful. So I try to tell my son, I'm like, look, I know I'm fat. I used to be thin. I lost a hundred pounds probably like three times just cause that's, I, I'm a heavy guy. Like I, I used to do power lift and stuff. Like I'm, it's easy for me to get strong, Yeah. but I cannot keep weight off. So my son's, he's a bigger kid. Like he's a pretty thick kid. And I'm like, Hey, uh, he's going to get creatine cause we have a neighbor down the street. Dan, he's a, 
55 and over like a champion powerlifter and he has a crazy gym at a time oh wow so he goes on a walk over there uh-huh. he's like i'm taking creatine i'm like you fucking come home at night with taco bell and fucking <laughs> jack in the box all this shit why don't you try to eat better first yeah and then take creatine like he's a little shithead he won't listen to me yeah i'm like i understand you don't want to listen to me but you could talk to other people you're gonna tell you the same fucking thing you know that's the hard part is the diet and i always every time i've gotten like a trainer going to people i'm like how do I keep getting drunk and then lose weight? Like, <laughs> you can. I'm like, I know, but. <laughs> You're like, I just want to be able to drink a lot of yeah. beer, but I also want to lose it weight. It ain't going to happen because when we try to do it, I'll try to drink like the ultras or whatever it is. It's, yeah. And then I drink like a hundred of them. Yeah. I don't get buzzed. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So um, now you, you're uh, you're doing the training thing full on. Yeah. Now the fishing, back to the fishing portion. Um, after that that time that you, you uh, kind of caught those fish, the 10 pounders. When was your next time you caught a double digit? So I didn't, so I, that whole first year that like, once I started catching swim bait fish, the fishing was really good. I caught like multiple eight pounders on a bunch of different baits. I mean, I have an eight pounder that year on a punker, on a rat, on a mag, on a HUD, on a depths 250. Oh, you asked about glide baits earlier. So Butch had actually sent me two of the newer slide swimmers okay. when they came out. Um, Did he give you the tuned already? Yeah, he tuned oh, them yeah, for me. Awesome. He was he was awesome. Like you know, I I think maybe I'd met him at Bassathon or something, uh-huh. and then he's like, you know, I'm gonna send you a couple of these baits, and I was like, cool. Like I'm not spending a hundred, you know, like <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I'm working my butt off over here. Um, and literally, like he sent them to me, and the next day I went out and I caught like an eight and a six. And I lost like a five or something of the boat. And I was like, this bait's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know, had that whole year where I caught a lot of six, sevens and eights, um, just stacked them up. And I was really grateful and kind of like the uh, other tackle, like I was telling you about, like I'd fish something until I felt confident. I was kind of like that with the swim baits, too. You know, I'd fish something and try to figure out how I wanted to swim it, how it would look realistic. Um, honestly, that year. I don't, not that I know of a lot of people who were catching a lot of big fish that year. Um, I would go to the weigh-ins and for the day I would have had big fish if I would have been in the tournament for a lot of them, but I was targeting the big fish. You know, I wasn't catching bags of fish. I was just trying to catch that one big fish of the day and and I was doing good. So that year for swim bait fishing specifically was good. And and I had something figured out at that, at that point in time too, especially for swim bait fish, but Mm -hmm. So then from that point forward, I have been casting my life away day after day after day. And this year, finally, I caught no my way. next so double digit. So it's taking you, what was, how many years? Eight years. That is, that's crazy. And a lot of fishing. I wish I knew like how many casts I've oh. made. How many, okay, how many double digits have you lost in between those eight years? One. Last year. Last year. Yeah. Did, is that, did you lose it right at the boat? I did. Right at the net. Was it, were you by yourself? Was yeah. that the one? What did you do to fuck that up? <laughs> I did a lot to fuck it up, actually. So, and that's one thing that I like about the videos. Like, it's cool to, obviously, it's cool to see your catches. But um, I learn a lot about what I messed up. Like, it happens so quickly. And when, like, you think you see something or you think something happened a certain way, when you watch that video, it's like, no, this is where you fucked up. Yeah. Because I was like... Oh my God. Ryan and I had just been talking about like how he's lost so many big fish. And I'm like, I haven't lost big fish. Like I can't even think of a big fish that I've lost. Yeah. And then literally like a month later, I lost this fish. I, 
I hate to put numbers on fish, but it was right there, and it was definitely a double digit. Um, what was what it did, on? What was your... A triple trout. Okay. What did I do to fuck it up? Number one, the wind was blowing hard, and I was blowing towards uh, the fish, and I just didn't get a good hook set on it. I was actually coming up over a rock, and I knew that I ticked something, and I like half-ass swung. It just wasn't. It just wasn't a good hook set to begin with. Um, the second thing I brought it around the boat and it started to try to jump. And so quickly I dove my rod, like dunked it in the mm-hmm. water, tried to keep it down. I kept it down. Um, and then I actually had to turn it. <laughs> it was just, it was a shit show. <laughs> uh, you asked me to bring video. I should have brought that. Well, one. this is fine because what I can do is have you send it to me okay. or if you, I can grab it even and just put it in the corner when you're talking. So yeah. on the YouTube version, it'll show so the could, whole thing. So you can see it. Uh, <laughs> so I dove my my rod down and I turned her. And then as soon as like I had the net and I went to scoop her. And at the same time, she went and jumped and she just shook it right, right at the net. <laughs> like literally it's yeah. What did Ryan say when you bring him, bring, bring out back the footage and said, I lost a big one. Was he like, oh, man. Oh yeah, he was like that was a big fish, and he, you know, obviously we we critiqued it. We talked about yeah. what I what I could have done differently and how I messed up. And and another thing was the net that we had back then was way too heavy for me. I, what net were you using as a pro? I don't e- big... I don't even know what it was, but it was so heavy that I it was really hard for me to move on my own. I'd I'd struggled with other fish in the past, but I'd made it work. And that fish in particular, like that heavy net was just so hard for me to move. So that's one thing that I changed too, is I got a different net, just a cheap folding, really yeah. light net um, that is really easy for me to move around now. So. Oh, that's a, that's a game changer for Huge. sure, you know? Yeah. Especially knowing what works for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It might not be the best, but it's going to work for you to be able to get the fish in. I got to learn on a double digit. <laughs> so then the next time around when you caught that one, yeah. This, that was last this year that was this year yeah uh what was that on triple trout <laughs> i throw swim baits 99.9 percent of my life <laughs> this was not on a swim bait <laughs> how bummed were you <laughs> Honestly, i'm sure you were bummed but i mean uh, it's a were, tricky thing yeah. it's, a, it's a tricky thing because i've been trying for eight years to catch a double digit on a swim bait like i already caught my first one on a crawdad and felt like a cheater and <laughs> then it's like now i finally catch one and i'm like Like, I'm obviously stoked to have a double digit, but it definitely doesn't mean as much as if it was on a swim bait. I'd casted over this spot. It was a bedfish and um, it was on a punch bait. And I'd casted directly on that spot on this point with a mag and it didn't even sniff it. And then we start rolling up to it and we're like, oh, shit, that's that's a good fish. I had no idea it was double digit. He didn't either. I mean, um pull the punch bait out and throw it on it. Couple twitches, smacks it. I swung as hard as I could. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, when we got it in the boat, even I was like, he's like, that's a double. And I'm like, really? You think you think you so? weren't as excited as you would have been if it was on a swim bait for sure. No. And then also part of it, cause he's like, that's a double, that's a double. And I'm like, are you sure? Like I've caught a lot of eights. I've never caught a nine. I've, I've caught one ounce shy of nine, but I've caught a lot of eights. And then the only other one was that 10 pounder that I caught eight years ago when I'd never yeah. even seen a decent fish before. So I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, I know it's close, but I didn't want to get too excited. I'm like, I've been waiting a long time <laughs> for this. Um, and so finally, you know, we put, I'm like, let's put it in the box, you know, put it in the box. And then we end up weighing it about a half hour later and 
it made the cut. So, I mean, I was super happy, like so happy to have to have a double digit. But yeah, I still, but you're still looking for that, that, you know, I feel bait. like a part of the puzzle still missing. I'm like, <laughs> right. Once I get one on a swim bait, then I'll be then I'll be content. But so, yeah, it's like the journey is still it's just it's continuing. So um, we'll get on to uh, social media a little bit since we talked about TikTok. Yeah. So you started a TikTok. How long ago was that? Um, Just like a little over a year ago, I think. And, it, and it's been a shit show, huh? It's a wild place over there. It's like a completely <laughs> different world. Like the people on TikTok are totally different than the people on Instagram. So people on TikTok, I feel like it's YouTube comments. They'll say whatever the fuck they want. They don't care. <laughs> and they don't know either. They're like, they have no clue. And they're just like, fuck you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> so being, so how about this? Being on social media, doing what you're doing, um, putting out content. It's like a lot of people probably just automatically want to shit on you and think you're something you're not. Yeah. Or like even one thing you said, ask me a question. They put that new thing where you could ask any question. And I saw you put that up. I'm like, fuck, there's no way I'd put that up. I'd get my feelings hurt so quick. You're like, yeah, my skin's pretty thick, so don't bug me. Yeah, I don't care. So, I mean, how do you, how have you guided through the years, like being, you know, a woman and then coming back out with the bikini again? Because you're like, you know what, I'm phys- I'm, a, I'm a trainer. I'm going to show off my body. How do you navigate through all that? You know what I'm saying? I think having a background in mental health definitely helps because I know that, like, the only person that's really going to take time out of their day to shit on you, like they've got issues of their own. Like I'm super happy. I love my life. I'm really happy with my accomplishments and who I am and what I do. Like I have nothing that you could say is going to hurt my feelings, especially like people that don't know me, you know, some random kid on the internet or whatever. But, um, that definitely helps the other side. Like I don't claim to be anybody perfect i don't claim i show my mess ups just as much as i show my my catches and um i never try to act like i'm some pro out here i'm i'm still learning i'm still figuring plenty out so i think that helps too but yeah the the world of uh social media being a girl in the fishing space and the hunting space um i feel like i get different all the hate i ever get is from males Um, and again, I can't get my feelings hurt from it because it's like, that's pretty sad. (laughs) Like if you're a guy talking shit about a girl online, like that's pretty pathetic. And half the time, if they even have a bass in their profile picture, it's like a two or three pounder. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) see, I've had this other argument with, with a talk with people. I'm like, when I post a fish, I think in my head, I go, if it's three or four pounds, I'll post it. Anything smaller than that. Maybe calico three or four pounds. A large mouth of five or six is cool, but it all depends. And then I go back and go, well, sometimes I go, even if, say, if you did catch a two, and it was on my bait, I'd be stoked if you posted that. Or yeah. Someone else, like if, if a buddy, say, Gilbert, you know, I caught like a three-pound calico on his bait, he might go, oh, that's cool. You caught, you know, that on my bait. Yeah. So then you think back and you go, well, I might be helping a friend promote. But for on your side, people might see something different and go, oh, she just wants more clout. But how would you... So how would you navigate differently if, if like, say you're starting now? Honestly, I kind of just ignore most of it. Um, on TikTok, I'll talk shit back a little bit here and there. Um, it just really depends. Like on TikTok, well, now I guess you can do it on Instagram too. But on TikTok, you can reply with a video. So like someone really? will be like, oh, that's her boyfriend's, you know, her, her boyfriend handed her the rod or, um, you know, they say this stupid, like, 
some of the stuff that, that so, they so come up with. So you do read comments then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's comedy. Well, a lot of times what I do with social media is I'll post something and then I really try not to look at it for a long time. Like, I just don't. It depends on how much energy I have and how busy I am. Um, I try to because it's good to respond to people. And yeah. I like to be helpful if someone wants to have a real conversation. And then every once in a while you get these dipshits that just like want to talk. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as navigating it, none of it hurts my feelings. Um, honestly, I think it's pathetic for guys that are talking shit on a girl. Um, Instagram, people are really great. Like most people on Instagram, they're just stoked for you. Mm -hmm. People on TikTok, like literally I've had people, I post a full cast to catch with no editing and people will still say, it's fake. The fish is dead. She hired a scuba diver to grab her bait. And hook the fi oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, wow, you guys are creative. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have the time for that. Like, um, or some people that don't understand, like on Instagram, I feel like, especially the swim bait community, yeah. people know, like everybody pretty much runs a GoPro on their boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what we do. Um, and then you get on TikTok and people are like, oh, you just happen to know that you were going to get bit and you just started recording or, um, like the person who's recording should be helping you net the fish. And it's like, it's just my GoPro, which honestly the, the GoPro 360 does kind of change that perspective because it follows me around the boat um what do you mean was i don't even know that it's a new one oh, it moves around so it records 360 degrees oh, around okay. the boat so i have it on my center console and so it's kind of cool because no matter where i go like i posted um a fish last month i think i caught and it kind of started taking me to the back of the boat so i can actually choose where it looks oh that's cool and so i can make it follow me or if um like last year i caught a nice one on a rat and a normal GoPro wouldn't have had the that splash okay. on the screen because it only shows, you know, from here. But with that GoPro, I'm actually able to turn it and see exactly where that fish bit, where it jumped, and then follow it back around oh, the boat. So that's it, cool. I love having that for, you know, for fishing because you never know where it's going to be. Or if you lose a fish, you know, same thing. You, I mean, that fish that I lost last year, the only reason why it was actually captured on video when it jumped and spit the hook is because I was able to turn the GoPro and have it face down yeah. at the water where oh normal, that's cool yeah, yeah. does the, does the battery life work the same so i don't actually use batteries for my use usb i use oh, usb okay. straight to power okay. and then um i run my regular gopro i run on looping mode the 360s you can't run on looping mode okay. so i just um run them and then if i change spots or every hour or something i'll just stop it and delete delete the video do you just put the video straight to straight to the uh, no editing or do you like to do a little bit of software editing um it, de it depends on what i'm doing like uh lately i've kind of been doing like i'll do like a little teaser reel or something something short of just like a few clips of the catch but then i usually always post the whole full cast to catch anyways yeah with no editing i like that i mean I don't know. Not that I have anything to prove, but it's like, here's the whole video. You could see me mess up. You could see what I did right, what I did wrong. You could see it like I straight up, you know, one of the last fish that I posted the cast catch. I'm like, sometimes netting a fish solo is a shit show. It yeah. jumped like five times and it probably should have came off. Like yeah. that's just it, it's hectic sometimes. That's how that's how it goes. No, that's that's always good. to Like that's the difference. I think having you on it, you're different than a lot of other women, you know, like and you're doing a lot of this you built on your own. That's like what people maybe don't understand is like, I say like I'm the woman of the podcast because mm -hmm. I, I get to fish with guys and my fishing's jumped up crazy because everyone will tell me something. But it's cool to hear your story where you built a whole base 
for a long time on your own. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, along my journey, kind of like I was uh, saying earlier, I've definitely had people who've helped me along the way. You know, I had people at Savage Gear at the beginning who were helping me out with baits and stuff, gave me a deal on some rods and stuff. Um, I had, you know, Piz gave me some baits. Gilbert had called me and we'd talked a little bit. Um, Butch Brown had given me a couple mm-hmm. baits. Like I had um, Daniel from Domeki sent me a ton of baits. So I mean, all those people were pieces to my journey, but as far as time on the water and really like learning and figuring it out, that was all just like a lot of my own research. And I mean, I can't take all the credit too, even though I caught all those fish before Ryan and I ever got together, since we've been together, he's taught me a lot that, you know, I try to practice, but the fishing is just, it hasn't been that great. Um, But he's taught me so much that... I know that if we had another year like that first year when I was fucking him up, like you would have got it oh. 15 or 14 probably. <laughs> he, I mean, I know he would have caught so many fish, but yeah, like I just know that I would have caught a lot more fish like because I really didn't have that much of a clue back then. I was just figuring it out. And yeah, I've learned so much since then. What rods do you use now? I honestly fish a handful of different rods. Um, most of my rods are Neff Customs and most of them are like Cousins or Phoenix Blanks phoenix blanks phoenix <laughs> my favorite my favorite rod my favorite rat rod a phoenix rod yeah what do you know the model of the of the rod what is m1 m1 okay yeah it's probably the seven i'll let no maybe i have i have one Neff sure. knows. <laughs> yeah no that's a great i mean it's cool to hear like your now do you base this off of like recommendations or did you kind of just go through different rods and kind of um i fished a handful of different rods and then um kind of just also going through companies like I've had different partnerships with companies so I've you know tried a handful of different did you fish for cousins no I loved cousins rods they were great yeah until they broke and you couldn't get them fixed that's what well that's what like most of my Neff custom rods are yeah the cousins blinks and then yeah so I have but now like a bunch of phoenix ones and then also just got some stealth sticks they're new i saw those yeah they're not new but they're new into tackle warehouse so their Mm -hmm. rods are now available so i'm honestly um are those custom wrapped are they no 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 um they do make custom and so they're they're making some custom ones for us but but yeah available on tackle warehouse now so that's pretty cool and they're they're local company to us um you know i i know the the owners and the people who made it so that's pretty cool but yeah Yeah, i saw ryan post them a couple times yeah it seems cool i think they follow me and we talked a couple times but it's always cool to see something new pop up you know as well yeah and as far as rods go like i mean even when ryan and i first got together i had a handful of rods but still didn't like really know and so when it came to like figuring out what rods i should be using i think after us dating for like a month he bought me a custom rod and i'm like i like you hey how cute of ryan i know i'm like cool (laughs) he he like spoils me with baits and he's like you're so easy to like i've never had a girl before that i could just buy a swim bait for her birthday and she's happy like i think he bought me a swim bait for valentine's day too and i'm like cool swim swim baits and protein shakes right? yeah easy (laughs) buy me pizza protein shakes uh, yeah. What kind of reels do you like to use? My absolute favorite is the Abu Garcia uh, Revo Toro Beast. Really? Yeah. That's the only one that I do like, and I still have it. Uh, Jimmy De- Jimmy Decker gave it to me, and it's the B60, the NACL B60. Mm-hmm. It's like the blue and black one. Yeah. I like that reel a lot, and it can go through a lot of beating up. I have that reel on 
all my swim bait rods and a part of it for me though is my hands are so small my hand doesn't really fit comfortably around a lot of other reels so i've tried a handful of different ones but that's i always go back to that one that's your go-to yeah and you do a little saltwater fishing as well? I do a little bit. Um, I haven't, I'm actually on my way out right now, um, but I haven't been out in about three or four years. Oh, wow. So this will be a first one for you. Yeah. I mean, I... For a while. You, I had... put I, you on some bluefin, huh? Yeah. I hadn't <laughs> gone out in a long... T- I hadn't gone out my whole life. And that was like another part of me just like going for it. Um, started salt, saltwater fishing by myself. My dad had done it growing up my whole life, but I started going out and then... Um, Ryan and I, when we started dating, that's kind of how we first officially met was on a fishing trip. And then we actually, uh, he got a boat, started his own thing and did that for a year. And so he was the captain for that. And I was a deckhand. No way. Didn't really know what I was doing, (laughs) but, um, he taught me very quickly. I had to learn very quickly. So yeah, I was like the cook, the deckhand, cut all the fish for hours. And, uh, that was a blast. Yeah. Dude, I didn't know that. That's super cool. Yeah, so I have a little experience on the salt, but I haven't been out since then, so yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to get out again. That must have been hard to be with your... your you guys didn't fight when you were on the boat. We fought a lot. <laughs> yeah. I told Because I can't that. see you taking shit from anyone, really. When I don't. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> no, we fought a lot. Uh, I kind of said, like, if we can make it through that, then we can make it through anything, because between not sleeping and... Um, you know, not sleeping, working long ass hours and both being like living on the boat, running trips back to back and just also being, you know, he's the captain, he's the owner. I'm the new deckhand, like literally have, he's like, I said, throw the fish over there. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> what weighs downwind. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, yeah, we definitely fought, but that's cool. Now he's your hunting partner as well, right? Yeah. You guys, so you're you're hiking and look. Did you eat a rattlesnake? Yeah. You forget how the fuck does that taste? It tastes kind of like chicken. Really? <laughs> Not to say that. Yeah, it's it's a white meat. I didn't. Know. I saw. It's kind of it, chewy. Like, it's kind of like just trying to be a crazy asshole. But you guys really. Eat well, the he kind of is now. I think he used to think I was a crazy asshole, but now he's also that same person um when we first started dating actually when we first were talking i shot a deer with my bow and i'm like i just got a deer with my bow and he was like cool let's fish now like he did not give two shits hold on did you get him into hunting yeah oh i didn't know that yeah oh so you're the boss on hunting and he just follows you. no he's actually he's <laughs> so smart and he's so good at everything he does like he dives deep like i yeah. thought i dive deep he dives deep and he's a really quick learner i think part of that is because he spent so much time on the salt so much time in you know freshwater just fishing he's really good at applying himself so um and then same thing with me with uh fishing i didn't really i grew up hunting a little bit of everything but i didn't really know what I was doing. I just did it. And so once I started learning myself and teaching myself and, and I had success, I shot a few deer by myself, you know, with a bow before me and him got together. But really when, um, like we first met and the first time he came out to my place, I'm like, I'm going to show you exactly who I am, exactly what I do. Like, let's go shoot some guns in the middle of the mountains and then let's go fish. And that's just, I mean, I was done with bullshit from, guys and i'm totally cool on my own so i'm yeah. like this is how i am uh let's just leave it. lay it all on the table right now because i'm not wasting my time um 
So we went and shot a bunch of guns and yeah, he got his hunting license right after that oh, and nice. got into hunting and he dove deep. Like he, he's very, he's a very smart hunter. He, so what's your, uh, I don't know anything about hunting. So what's your big buck kill? Like the biggest? I don't, I don't really have a very big, like my biggest deer that I've ever shot was actually my first deer that I ever shot. I was lucky when I was a kid, um, drew some special junior hunt and i shot a big one it was just in a special area but like california doesn't really have great hunting um we always talk about like as far as hunting and fishing go with the amount of effort and energy and time i put in hunting and fishing if i lived somewhere else yeah it would pay off a lot more than where i live like i do a lot for what i get out of it but i just i love it so but what okay what's your biggest uh, bow my biggest with a bow isn't that big either. A couple of years ago, I shot a decent one. It was a three by four, but um, still nothing like What's crazy huge. Four? He has three on this side and four on this side. So you guys don't count like size or weight. You can't really weigh him, right? You just... Antlers, yeah. So what would that compare to like how big of a, of a deer? How big? Uh, like a three by four. If, if you if, Is there like a general size for him? Like three by fours are usually 180 pounds. Oh, I don't even know. Okay. Did you I have to know. cut him up out in there? And, and yeah. You... No way. So yeah. you know how to do all that to get yeah. them and yeah, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, and that's something that I've always like. Um, you know, growing up, my dad raised me pretty well with like. I mean, before I even got my driver's license, he's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, first you're learning how to change your own tire, like change your own wheels if mm-hmm. something happens. Like you need to be able to do this on your own. Like this is how you do this. This is how you do this. Like I need to know everything." And so when it came to hunting, that's kind of. When I hunted with him, we would hunt pretty close to the roads. So, I mean, close enough to be able to drag the animal out. Well, once Ryan and I started hunting together and I started exploring more, it's like, no, we're hiking really far and you don't do that. Like my last, no, my last year wasn't too far. And I packed that one out by myself just to see if I could do it. But (laughs) I think, um, you know, some of our deer, they're, you know, eight miles back. And so you hike all that way in with all your gear and, you know, we have 45 pounds on our back or something going in and then you shoot a deer and yeah, we skin them out in the field and then we actually debone them. So we have these bags that we put the meat in. So Mm -hmm. we just cut all the meat off, off the bones, um, lay them on a rock or hang them in a tree to kind of let it cool off a little bit. You want to get the meat cool as quick as you can. And then we put them in the bags, pack them on our backpack and hike out and get and how much weight is that additionally on the back oh it's a lot um i mean between all the meat and the head because you're taking the head and the antlers out plus the meat sometimes the cape if you're actually wanting to get it mounted or something i mean you're looking at another hundred pounds so you're carrying 150 fucking pounds on your back and hiking that out so the deer like thankfully ryan's been there with me for my last couple to like help me pack them out because Mm -hmm. especially with those longer hikes like i specifically if ryan's not with me because i still do a lot of hunting just like fishing by myself um and if he's not going to be with me then i try not to go on those longer hikes because i mean it breaks me you'd have to leave meat like if you had to leave some because it it would be too yeah well honestly what i would do and and you know we talk about all this but i'd leave gear so if i could leave any of my obviously you have to take your backpack but if i could leave like water bottles or filters or any of the equipment that i don't need maybe jackets or whatever then i could leave all that stuff and try to lighten the load a little bit eat your food drink your water um but yeah try to take the meat out Wow. My bear was the biggest, the the 
biggest one because when I was packing that out, um, Ryan actually was doing a load with the meat and I was doing a load with the the whole cape. So yeah. I had the head with all the fur, claws, everything attached. And I remember packing him out and I just like sat on a rock for a second and I was like, I can't do this. Like I need to take some of my weight out. And I'm like, well, I can't because it's all connected. Like yeah. I can't, it's not like I can just drop some meat. Um, but you just do it. I mean, it's one of those things where even as much as I train and I try to prepare for it, like it still sucks and it's still hard. But in the moment, it's like, what are your options? You're either going to do it or you're not. So like buck up and do it and it'll be over eventually. Mm -hmm. And you got a deer so cool. And I don't know. It's just part of it. Do you ever get like, like bears or coyotes or mountain lions coming after you or anything like that? Um, I've had not bears i had a bear kind of coming towards me once but it never actually got super close um it just didn't like that i was in his area mm -hmm. i've had um a mountain lion mountain lion a couple times i mean one time i hiked into an area when i hiked back out later that evening uh there were mountain lion tracks covering my boot tracks so i know that he was following me that morning um it's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind thing. Just like when I used to go surfing, I'd be like, there's no sharks in here. So that's kind of like my thought process when I'm hiking in in the dark. I'm like, there's no mountain lions. Um, but one time, actually, my last archery deer that I shot when Ryan and I were hiking out, we saw some eyes with our headlamps. We were hiking out in the dark, um, hiking out about six or seven miles. Mm -hmm. And um, we saw some some eyes shine the flashlight on it and it was a mountain lion about 20 yards away so i was pretty sketched out at that point because i had the deer on my back i'm all bloody smell you know yeah. i'm walking behind him and he's like it's fine and i'm like i might die right now but <laughs> i'm behind you yeah i know i'm like i'm the smaller like snack size like i look like something that would probably be delicious for a mountain lion like you always hear about like people that get attacked by mountain lions it's yeah. always like a kid and I'm like, yeah, I right? look like a kid. <laughs> Are even the coyotes in Huntington Beach? Coyote grab a kid. Yeah. That's crazy. That's. I have some trail cam footage of coyotes like with uh, last year, the year before I got one with it had a fawn, like a baby deer's head in its mouth running by my That's camera. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, you do a lot of crazy stuff, Kayla. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> um, let's uh, plug any sponsors you have, people that support you that you want to talk about. Oh, man. Um, sponsors. And, and you like your, where they can reach your fitness stuff like that, too. Uh, sponsors. Real Tree Outdoor has been with them for about eight years. They're a great company. And Bomar Nutrition for any, you know, health supplement. It's not just protein shakes. It's not just for people who work out. It's also just like overall health stuff. Um, been with them for over three years. They're amazing, too. And if you guys ever have any questions about, you know, hunting, fishing, fitness, anything, then feel free to reach out. My uh, Instagram and TikTok <laughs> is, uh, you know, at Kayla underscore Nevious. And good luck spelling that. <laughs> and then um, my fitness page, I actually did create a second Instagram. It's... Um, lift your life with Kayla. So my company is called lift your life okay. and yeah. Great. Well, if you guys are out in that area, I mean, hit her up. She'll help you get buff and <laughs> kill deer and, and go fish. <laughs> so thanks for coming on Kayla. I appreciate it. And uh, push your uh, boyfriend to come on as soon as he can. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to get him on here. It took me long enough. I think he reached out to me a couple years ago. Yeah. So. <laughs> no worries. Thanks again, Kayla. Yeah, thanks.